talking about Rodgers that much? Is this something that I've been doing to the point? In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it in the Big Ten Championship. He's in And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. What are we doing? I'm going to drop the plans for this. And Eric Fry. Because they won a game, and they still will not be ranked again this season. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. What's up out there? Welcome in to another day, to another edition of the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry not over there to my right, so I'm uh, flying a solo here today. And uh, coming up here on uh, today's show, got a good show lined up for you, Fly it solo. Coming up, talk some Major League Baseball postseason action from yesterday as both games double dip as you heard both of them right here on 98.9. And we'll talk about the ALCS Game 2 and the NLCS Game 1. And we'll also hit up on some local sports as well from last night. Lots of volleyball. And, of course, uh, the uh, tennis sectionals, a lot of them uh, had to have been postponed due to the weather, whether it was on Friday or Saturday. Just throwing uh, the sectional into uh, some uh, scheduling uh, chaos. They ended uh, yesterday, so we'll take a look at that and who is advancing on uh, from around the area, at least the three sectionals that had area teams involved in it. So we'll take a look at uh, those as well as we had a lot of football talk yesterday with high school football with the NFL, but uh, we always try to get to uh, college football as well. We touched a little bit on it with some entertainment that Eric had and uh, some of our top three stuff from over the weekend, but college football, we'll talk about it later on as uh, we'll finally get to, of course. I mean, it's after an Illinois victory, so we got to get to it at some point. And Eric's not on the show, so I can do what I want. So we're talking about the uh, line I, uh today in their uh, win against Maryland. And we'll take a look at it this upcoming uh, week for college football. There are some juicy matchups out there. I know there's that one in the Big Ten with the two states that are involved, Penn State, Ohio State, anyone. And uh, it's also homecoming there in Champaign as well. So, uh, we'll explore that later in the week. And we'll also hit up on some NFL from last night as well. Monday Night Football, uh, it doesn't disappoint, or at least the Chargers. 
it never seems to amaze me of how many times they can be in one-score games late in the game. And sure enough, they were last night, but didn't get it done. The Cowboys did, so uh, hit up on that as well and see whatever else I can get to here today. Might squeeze in a little hockey into the uh, podcast uh, there and also coming up in the uh, podcast, got a couple of area coaches for you. Got up with uh, Coach Jefferson uh, from Arthur Lovington. I would hammer ahead of there a big matchup here in a week nine against uh, Sullivan. We dive deep into that as well as a few other topics, including the playoffs, of course, they come up. And uh, don't miss his uh, conversation that I had uh, the other day. And we'll play it for you in the pod, as well as I caught up with Coach Wilson of VG, Villa Grove. And he's coming up in the podcast as well. A nice conversation with him about the red-hot Villa Grove Blue Devils here, a uh, four-game win streak that they're on. So uh, stick around for that in the uh, pod. And, of course, you can find that pod wherever you find your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, the website, evmradio.com. And don't forget to rate and review when you're listening on those platforms as well. It helps us out over there. And, of course, starting lineup would not be possible without McMahon Meats. It's uh, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and Tatopolis State Bank. All right, so uh, let's uh, get into it. Got a lot of stuff here on uh, the uh, table, so we need to clear the deck. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, start it off with what I always do and what we always do around here to start the show. It's the first segment called First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And, of course, we're starting off in a Major League uh, Baseball, a Major League uh, Baseball postseason uh, specifically as uh, game number two of the ALCS was uh, yesterday. And it was the uh, Texas Rangers winning again. Uh, that's right. They haven't lost this postseason yet. 7-0 and they are here as uh, they won yesterday as it was a 5-4 to four victory for the uh, Rangers, and uh, they held on there. But uh, what a start by uh, Texas, as the first four guys of the game reached base, and all four of those guys eventually would come around to score. So they jumped on uh, Valdez early and often. There four runs put up there in uh, the first inning by the Rangers. Uh, Houston, they did uh, get back in it with... A run there in the second by a guy that is just hotter than the surface of the sun, at least in the postseason, Yodon Alvarez for the Astros. He hit that home run in the second inning to make it a 4-1. to one. And, you know, they always say, and it was brought up the other uh, it was Lance Lynn who got uh, burned by some solo home runs. But the solo, they say solo home runs don't hurt you or don't kill you. But uh, they're uh, kind of a death by a thousand cuts, and that's almost what happened uh, yesterday to the Rangers because uh, Astros down for nothing, but they kept chipping away, chipping away. They got the Alvarez home run in the second, but then uh, it was uh, Texas response with uh, uh, Heim, Jonah Heim home run into the third, and that made it five to one at that point. And Rangers, you were feeling pretty good, and uh, Nathan Valdi. He's not like a superstar, like a household name or anything. But in the postseason, this guy shows up. And he's had some moments with the Red Sox. And he's already had a 
good pitching performance this postseason. And yesterday, he threw in another one. You know, he's not like the ace of a staff by any means. But, you know, when your ace isn't on the mound in the postseason, you're confident with Nathan Ovaldi on the mound. He did have a little bit of trouble there. He had some traffic on the base pads. Uh, it was a bases loaded jam, but got out of it. And uh, that's what you do in the postseason and he went six innings only giving up five hits he did end up giving up uh three runs but all of them were solo shots uh, a couple of home runs uh there and a nine of strikeouts actually it wasn't a show, uh, solo shot there it was a double uh to a center field there to score alvarez to make a five to three uh game at that point and then in the uh, eighth inning with a uh, chapman on the mound I mean, it wasn't even a bad pitch either, but that's just how good of a hitter that Alvarez is. And even in the one in the second inning with Avaldi, Avaldi didn't hit, didn't miss his spot. They showed it on the broadcast. The catcher set up right where he needed to be, and that's where the ball was delivered. But Alvarez just put a good swing on the ball. And same thing with Chapman. It wasn't a bad slider by any means. The he hit his target. Catcher's mitt didn't move, but Alvarez just muscled it out of there. And at that point, it was a five to four, and eventually the Rangers, man, they got nine lives here in the postseason. Especially uh, after that home run, they chased Chapman after uh, the last lefty was uh, batted there in that little run of lefties that the Astros have in their lineup. But it was uh, a a Lacour, excuse me. And uh, he got in a little bit of trouble there as he threw a lot of pitches there in that, uh, just to get out of that eighth inning. And uh, that's what it seems like the Rangers do sometimes is that their relievers come in and they throw a lot of balls right away. It was like a seven straight uh, balls at one point to Astro hitters. But, uh, hey, eventually I got out of it and got out of a jam and, and finished things off with a four-out save. Uh, there in uh, the ninth inning, and the Rangers just keep uh, moving uh, right along here. And yeah, they had a 4 0 lead, and it ended up being a one run game. But all that matters is that they held on to win, and that's exactly uh, what happened there uh, last night. And like I said, Rangers haven't lost this postseason at this point, and uh, they're 2 0, they're Road Warriors. And we'll see what how things change in the Astros. Also, they pointed out on the broadcast, they're also road warriors in their own right. They have a better road record than they do in the, at the friendly confines of uh, Minute Maid Park. And the series will shift uh, there to uh, Texas. And uh, it will uh, be on Wednesday. And they also announced that Javier was going for the Astros. But I also announced last night that, yes, Max Scherzer will be going in, pitching in in Game 3 for the Rangers up 2-0 on the Astros. And that was what happened in the ALCS. What happened in the NLC side? Well, your boy was not a big fan of what happened last night because Philadelphia won. As, of course, they're like 5-0 this postseason at Citizens Bank Park and they also got the party started early there in uh, Philly as very first pitch that Kyle Schwarber saw, boom, out to right field, 420 feet, and it was on from there. And another guy also homered as well who just seems to show up in big moments the last couple of postseasons. That's Bryce Harper. 
and he also hit a home run, and it was also his birthday as well. I, I wonder if the Braves radio crew, if they were working this game, would have the same energy with his little throat slash uh, celebration that he had in their series with the uh, celebration that he had last night. When he was crossing home play, he blew out his candles. He blew out 31. He had 31 uh, fingers, and he blew out the candles there for his birthday. So happy birthday to Bryce Harper as he homers there. And, you know, it was kind of get, gets brought up as it kind of got uh, reminded me of this yesterday and uh, with Max Scherzer going on the mound for Gabe 3 it was recently brought up of again we uncover things that happened way back when and I thought that this was already uh, revisited but we've revisited again recently with uh, the uh, um, Cardinals and about uh, acquiring some pitching this offseason and um, potentially acquiring Scherzer back in the day and uh, one of the reasons why they did it uh, acquire Scherzer's that the Cardinals didn't want to give big money to a pitcher that pitches once every five days and were worried that he wouldn't live up to his contract. Well, when uh, Scherzer signed that big contract with, an, with the uh, Nationals, he uh, clearly top three in the Cy Young consistently there. He was a World Series champion, and also he won back-to-back Cy Youngs. So uh, I say he lived up to that contract. And Bryce Harper is starting to live up to that contract as well is the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, yeah, when he first signed it with Philadelphia, that big extension, it was a little rough. But, uh, you know, he slowly picked it up and he's had some injuries along the way. But last two postseasons, he's showed up in big moments and he continues to do so in this postseason with another homer uh, there. He also had another RBI as well, he drove in Turner there in the third inning. So I say Bryce Harper is living up to his contract as well. And oh hey, oh hey, I don't think anything. Well, I guess the uh, stuff that's going on in Israel. Uh, but uh, Nick Castellanos hit another home run last night. He's also uh, pretty hot this postseason as well. That gave the Phillies a three to nothing lead at that point. They kind of roughed up uh, Galleon. Uh, there as he went five innings, only giving up uh, five runs, eight hits, a couple walks, and those three homers uh, there to Schwarber, Harper, and Castellanos. But on the other side, Wheeler was uh, fantastic once again. And uh, six innings, only giving up three hits, a couple runs, and that was late in the game. And I think that was a home run there. Yep, it was on the sixth inning to make it 5-2 to two at that point. But Philadelphia just another animal and when they bring in those guys when they can have their starters pitch like they did uh, last night and like they, they have this postseason at least uh, against the Braves Dominguez Alvarado and then Kimbrell coming up and just giving nothing I mean Kimbrell and Dominguez both had some traffic on the base pads with uh, some walks but Alvarado only gave up that one hit and uh, they tried to give him try to cheat and give a couple innings of work there for Alvarado but didn't quite work out for Philadelphia. But one thing that did work out is they won the game. Uh, Kimbrell came in in the ninth inning and uh, shut things down there. And now Philadelphia leads 1-0 in the NLCS. And the NLCS will continue as it'll be a 7 o'clock start once again. And Real Kelly going up for the D-backs. And Aaron Nola, future St. Louis Cardinal, will be on the bump for Philadelphia uh, there, so we'll see what happens later on today for a game number two 
in the NLCS. And yes, we have that game for you right here on 98.9, the game for game two of the NLCS. And hopefully my worst nightmares are realized and the Phillies don't win. But they probably will. But we'll see later on today here on this great radio station. All right, so we'll step away and we'll come back talking about some local sports, what happened in the volleyball world last night, and we'll also get up on those tennis postseason action there. That's coming up next here on the Star Lineup. We'll be right back to the starting lineup. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Totopolis State Bank. And Totopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. If you're not a Rule King Rewards member, you're missing out on all the good stuff that comes with Rule King Rewards, like getting what you want and getting the job done for less. Because every time you shop, you get rewards to use on farm supplies or whatever catches your eye. Signing up is easy as one, two, free. Yes, it's free to join. Sign up at checkout and reap the rewards at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. Navigating, without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, loss of who you thought you was. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And now, the starting lineup. And wouldn't I love to see number 25 off of Albert's bat go into the street, the pit. Swing and hello, 4th of July. Take a ride on that knockdown pitch, big boy. Kerry Wood knocked him down, and now Albert looks at him as he goes around first. He gives him a glare. Say, take a little whiff of that, big boy. And now... Kerry Wood that takes a look at Albert as he touches them off. Give it to him, big boy. Give it to him. That's how you play baseball. On 98.9 The Game. Hello, 4th of July. 
take a ride on that knockdown pitch, big boy, big boy, big boy. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Travis Sparks here flying solo uh, today to the bottom of some uh, local sports here from yesterday and uh, last night. Last night in the uh, volleyball world, we had uh, some Egyptian Illini Conference volleyball tournament action in uh, St. Elmo in uh, Pool A. It was uh, first as it was the uh, five seed, Count Herrick Beach City, defeating the one seed, Ramsey, 25-23, 26-24 in two sets. And CHBC picking up another victory over the four seed, Patoka Odin, as CHBC won 25-13 in both games. And then a number one seed, Ramsey, uh, they uh, got uh, their first victory there. They beat uh, Patoka 25-20, 25-17 was the final there in the opening night of Eric's favorite conference, the Egyptian Illini Conference Volleyball Tournament. Elsewhere, other conferences in the National Trail Conference, we had uh, Chrysler Rock Lutheran uh, take down Altamont in three sets, 25-12. Altamont won the second set, 25-16, but then Chrysler Rock beat the Indians 25-22 to take the match. Which is two straws over Newton, 25-14, 25-20. Actually caught a little bit of that game uh, last night as that game was uh, on uh, one of our sister stations in Mattoon. And Lane Blickham uh, was there calling that for, I believe it was a senior night there for Windsor's two straws in uh, that one. So uh, nice to hear some uh, volleyball on uh, the radio. Lane does a, a nice job uh, there with that. And he covers uh, EIU volleyball on ESPN+. Plus as well so uh very nice win there for Windsor two straws uh, another one uh, for them after co- uh, capturing the conference uh, tournament championship over the weekend paris defeated in yoga 25 uh, 23 26 to uh, 24 and uh, st anthony won over only in a three setter it was st anthony at 25 13 only wins the second set 25 21 third and a final set goes the way of the bulldogs 25 to 19 in Lincoln Prairie conference action uh, some uh, teams there it was the topless picking up the uh, win over Cumberland in two sets 25 13 26 to uh, 24 to win the match it was Arcola over University of Illinois High School 25 or 25 17 I think it should say and uh, 25 to uh, 6 there and a uh, a Judiah Christian over a Heritage 25-20, 25-13 in two sets. And it was a Sullivan over, or Shelbyville over Sullivan, 25-10, 25-16 there. In the Apollo Conference, Taylorville uh, fell to uh, Staunton in three sets. Staunton won the first set 25-16, with the Tornadoes won the second set 25-22. And then uh, Staunton with a third and final set went 25-20. The Little Illini Conference, it was Oblong over KZ 25-16 and a long third set, but Oblong wins this one 27-2-25 to take the match. In Sitch, Illinois Conference action, Warnsburg Latham over Murrah Forsyth, two sets, 25-17, 25-23, 
And in the South Central Conference, you had Carlinville over Springfield Lutheran, 25-12, 25-6. And Carrollton took down Gillespie, 25-12, 26-24. And yesterday in high school at tennis, we had uh, some uh, weather issues over the weekend that caused these uh, to uh, get delayed to yesterday. And in the Class 1A uh, Danville sectional in tennis, it's Muhammad Seymour. They're moving on to uh, state this weekend as uh, Muhammad sectional champions and also a, a pair of uh, doubles winners uh, there advanced on their side of the bracket uh, there. And uh, Paris was also involved in that Danville sectional and they ended up finishing in sixth place there. In the Class 1A FEMS sectional, it was the Topolis taking home uh, the uh, sectional championship. And uh, so congratulations to uh, the uh, Shoes and uh, Julian uh, Hemmen and Abby Lee both finished third and fourth overall in a singles play. So they will advance there. And uh, St. Anthony uh, Emily Kowalki uh, finished in first overall. And so she advanced on the singles side. St. Anthony finished in a second place there. Uh, Mount Zion was third. Decatur Strait, Theresa was fourth. Hillsborough, fifth. Taylorville finished in a sixth place. And FEM finished in seventh. Shelbyville is eighth. And Vandalia in ninth place there. On the doubles side that we're advancing as a doubles pair, Olivia Hemmen and Anna Probst of four to top us were doubles champions there. Uh, Maya Kinkler and Ellie Link finished in second overall from St. Anthony. They'll be advancing on. And Jade Budicaper for Topolis and Addie Davison advanced as a team as well. They finished in third overall there in a pair doubles from Mount Zion. Finished fourth overall, also advancing in sectional play. And finally, in Class 1A, only a sectional yesterday. It was Robinson taking the sectional championship as Mattoon finished in second place. Only was third. Fairfield was fourth. Flora finished in fifth. Newton was 6th, Casey 7th, Mount Carmel 8th, and Charleston finishing in ninth place uh, there. Uh, we had Annie List of 4, Robinson finished in 2nd overall, advancing as a single individual. McKenna Schneider from Alney was a 3rd overall. She advances as a single, and Lily Gregory was 4th overall for Mattoon advances there. Uh, Evie Potter and Claire Yule for Alney finished in first overall. They were doubles champions, so they advanced to uh, uh, state as well. And Hannah Heverin for Robinson and Anna ha uh, Hargrove finished in second overall. They'll advance as a, a doubles uh, pair. Uh, Aver Avery Boyer and Cam Lanthrop for Mattoon finished in third overall. And a Sydney Harmon and Grace Gower finished in fourth overall from Robinson, but they will be advancing on as a doubles team to state there. I believe uh, there's a picture here of Topless uh, with their uh, plaque. I believe that the state championship is going to be in the Chicago area, way up there for the uh, state tournament this weekend in a state. So good luck to all those individuals, and congrats to the uh, shoes for and Robinson, of course, for taking home the sectional titles in tennis. 
Let's take a look at uh, some action for today in volleyball. The Egyptian Illini Conference volleyball tournament continues there in St. Elmo. And uh, St. Elmo is in action tonight in a couple of games as the two-seed uh, St. Elmo uh, Brownstown takes on the six-seed Martinsville at 6 o'clock. And three-seed Mulberry Grove against the six-seed Martinsville at 7. And at 8 o'clock will be SEB taking on the three-seed Mulberry Grove uh, there to close out Pool B action. Elsewhere, the National Trail Conference sees North Clay, Clay City at Sisney, Wayne City at Altamont, Dietrich at Martinsville, Winds Two Straws at Tuscola, in the Apollo Conference, FEM hosting Mattoon, Gator St. Teresa at Mount Zion, Taylorville, Williamsville, Lincoln Prairie, Tri-County at Cumberland, Heritage hosting Arcola, Unity Christian at Arthur, Blue Ridge at Argenta, Okaw Valley at Sarah Gordo, Villa Grove hosting Sullivan. Little Illini Conference has Robinson at Topless, Clay City uh, at Lawrenceville. I don't know if that one's right. Uh, Mount Carmel at Red Hill. Alney at South Central. Central Illinois. Auburn at Central A&M. Moreau Forsyth hosting Macon Meridian. And the South Central, it's Vandalia at North Mac. Carlinville at Pena. Piasol hosting Hillsboro. And uh, Staunton at Litchfield. In a soccer in a Class 1A regional championship today as it's the two-seed Hillsborough taking on the three-seed Newton at 4 o'clock here in a town. So uh, good luck to uh, those uh, squads. And also in a Greenville, the regional championship, the number one seed Totopolis taking on the four-seed Greenville. That will be at 4.30 in a soccer action today. Also in a 2A in a, the regional semifinals here as 2A started a little bit later. Uh, Champaign Central uh, Regional, the number one seed Champaign Central against the nine seed Danville at 5 o'clock. And then the four seed Mount Zion will take on the six seed Mattoon in an Apollo Conference matchup there in the regionals. As that one will start at 7 o'clock. And Muhammad Seymour Regional sees the two seed Muhammad Seymour take on the seven seed Rantoul at 5 o'clock. And in the Springfield Sagar Hart Griffin Regional, the number one seed Rochester takes on the six seed Warrensboro Latham at 4:30. And then in the nightcap, it's the four seed Jacksonville against the five seed Sagar Griffin at 6:30. And also have a couple of meets across country as well: Altamonte, Dietrich, and Tuscola hosting Argenta. And if you lost place, or if you want to check out all the results, you can check it out. Over on the website, femradio.com, and just click on our local sports tab over there, and that's where you can find all the local information there. And we are getting down to the nitty-gritty in uh, football, and so that means fall sports are winding down. The air is getting chillier, so that means winter sports will begin very shortly, and basketball practices will begin very shortly, as well as starting to crank up the basketball season of preparation we're trying to crank up the basketball preparation around here and so we are looking forward to that as one season ends and a new season begins and coming up next here on the starting lineup of course the Illini actually won this weekend so we got to talk about it at some point so Eric's not here so I can do what I want I can talk about whatever I want sports related at least and uh, so we'll talk about it Illinois victory over Maryland that's what we're talking about coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back.
In 2021, the Effingham County Sheriff's Office received over 200 reports of fraud, forgery, and scams. This is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons reminding you that if someone contacts you that you don't know with an offer that sounds too good to be true, it is. Please shop with our local trusted area businesses and craftsmen who work hard to maintain their reputation. If you think that you've been the target of a potential scam, call your local police to report it. You may prevent someone else from being taken advantage of. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-342. 3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world, but together we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. Klein tools are new at Lowe's, pros. Lowe's knows you want top brands and quality products, and Klein tools delivers. Right now, get the Klein three-piece Modbox mobile workstation for $319.94 and the Klein five-piece cushion grip screwdriver set for just $34.97, both exclusively at Lowe's. Shop the largest selection of Klein tools, the highest quality tool brand at Lowe's. Because Lowe's knows tools, Lowe's knows pros. eBay Motors is here for the ride, so minivans, sedans, JDMs, roll out. Go ahead, feel your engine. Admire that perfectly installed exhaust. Your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love. And with eBay Motors, you get over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now, shut up. I'm so tired of spoiled, privileged kids thinking that they deserve something. They don't deserve anything. You earn it. Shut up. With your 256,000 signatures, who gives a crap? They're most probably bots anyways. The starting lineup. Hi, my name is Eric. And I live in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Aurora. Excellent. I've had plenty of day jobs. Aurora. Nothing I'd call a career. I'll say this. I have an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. It's from Wayne's World. Have you ever seen Wayne's World? On 98.9 The Game. Travis Sparks with the Aurora Sports Center update. The Blues are gearing up for their game against the Arizona Coyotes at Enterprise Center on Thursday. The Blues are coming off a 2-1 shootout victory over the Kraken this past Saturday. St. Louis is in third place early on in the Central Division with a 1-0-1 record at three points. Thursday game begins at 7 o'clock. As for uh, St. Louis uh, City SC, uh, they are getting ready for their regular season finale. City hosts the Seattle Sounders at City Park this Saturday. St. Louis doesn't have much to play for, though, as the club has already clinched the number one seed in the Western Conference during its first MLS season. City's 17-5-11 and, and has 56 points this year. The Blackhawks scored three goals in the second period of their 4-1 win over the Maple Leafs and Toronto. 
After Toronto tied the game, Corey Perry and Tyler Johnson both scored to put the Hawks up by two heading into the third period. Chicago is tied for first place early on in the Central Division with four points at 2-2-0. Two, two oh. Hawks visit the Avalanche on a Thursday night. The Colts are likely to be without their first-round pick for the remainder of the season. According to ESPN, Jim Ursay said the quarterback Anthony Richardson is probably going to miss the rest of the season and could undergo shoulder surgery in the next week or so. Richardson sustained an AC joint sprain and is throwing shoulder during the second quarter of the Andy Week 5 win over the Tennessee Titans. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Travis Sparks here, no Eric Fry here today, so I was uh, solo with the uh, sports on a read, and I thought since that one hiccup there in the very beginning, I'll give it a B- minus uh, today. Uh, therefore, the uh, sports and our reads there. And uh, fortunate news there for Anthony Richardson, uh, likely out for the season. So uh, let's take a look and uh, let's talk about uh, some uh, more football. And uh, let's talk about uh, the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini in uh, college football. But we're leading off with the uh, Fighting Illini as they pulled off the upset there. Reverse psychology. That's what I was doing in our pick'em game. You heard recap. On the podcast, Maryland, 13.5-point favorites. No, sir, as the Illini won outright as they got it done, a 27-24. And how did they do it before we get to the game-winning field goal there? Well, uh, actually, it was a pretty decent start for the Illini as they did, well, you know, they did what they uh, do, but they actually cashed in, and they cashed in on a long touchdown uh, there to uh, put them up early on, 7 to nothing. And I know Eric would be uh, saying this, and they said it in the pre-show meeting yesterday. He might even throw it in there in the show as well, but it was an ugly win. Sure, did we play our best? Absolutely not. But are we really going to split hairs during the season? Are we really going to sit here and nitpick stuff? Yeah, we won. We'll take it. It's our first Big Ten win of the season, and this just is what the Illini need to uh, push them forward as this loss. I mean, hey, uh, at the time Maryland was 5-1. and one. Now they're 5-2. and two. I don't think the season would have been a complete uh, complete wash, but after, depending on how the performance went on Saturday, if they would have got blown out again, uh, this would be a lot different coming into homecoming this weekend. But it's not the season and the vibes may not be uh, overboard after all. As I mean, I'm just saying, you look at the schedule the rest of the way, except for that Iowa game, all the rest of the games could be winnable. Just saying. And I mean, Iowa's not exactly putting up the points uh, this year that we know. No, they're still leading in the West. They're 3 and 1 in the West. Six and one overall. They're number twenty-four in the country, so I'm not going to say that we have a chance to win that one. But all I'm saying is the other ones. I have a chance here. Three or four. We'd still, still get the bowl eligibility. It's still realm of a possibility. Yes, after one win against Maryland, I'm uh, saying that. And also, it was uh, nice to see that Isaiah Williams finally, finally. He just must have thought. That a huge boulder was lifted off his shoulders. He finally got the first touchdown of the season. And that happened in the third quarter there. And that gave the Illini a 21-14 lead. And yes, the Illini did have a 10-point lead, 24-14. to 
and the uh, Maryland did come back, but hey, they're a good team as they hung with the Buckeyes for a quarter and a half at least. So they're a decent team, you know, to his younger brother. Uh, he was fine, uh, but uh, ultimately uh, Maryland, the defense for the Illini, they uh, stepped up when they needed to. It forced Maryland to five punts and including some in crucial situations there. And uh, they were uh, double, triple teaming uh, Johnny Newton, rightfully so. And uh, the one person that was a beneficiary of that uh, coverage for uh, Johnny Newton was Seth Coleman as he recorded three sacks into the game and also had uh, six tackles as well, three tackles for losses. And he's the first player in the Big Ten to record three sacks in a game this season. So that earned him Big Ten uh, Defensive Player of the Week for his performance and also uh, another big thing that I thought was really the turning point in the game, uh, or at least one of them, was that Maryland was up there 14-7, to and it was getting close down to uh, the nitty-gritty in the uh, second half, or late in the second quarter. And uh, the Illini uh, decided they were down there in uh, field goal range. They were in that same area of the field the other week against Wisconsin that they failed to punch it in. And there was a fourth and one, I believe it was. And instead of uh, kicking the field goal, somebody took a timeout. I think the Illini took the timeout and uh, decided, hey, we're going for it. And uh, why not? And uh, they went for it. And, well, something cool happened there right before the half. Allmeyer coming up behind his line. Now he drops back. Play clock winding down. And here is the give to Fagan across the Touches. goal line. There was Caden Fagan uh, with his uh, first rushing touchdown of uh, the uh, season. You want to stay tuned in to the uh, podcast with a conversation with his uh, high school coach, uh, Coach Jefferson from Arthur. We talk about uh, that play, and we talk about Caden a little bit there. But it was nice to see uh, the other weekend he uh, slid down, didn't get his first touchdown, but he got it right there and uh, so uh, that was big to uh, give the Illini tied into the locker room and uh, Fagan had an amazing game uh, his best performance uh, as of late for the Illini as uh, after that run game was completely inept against Nebraska uh, he, he came out 19 carries uh, 84 yards for Fagan and uh, that uh, score and it seems like after the game uh, seems to be winning people over with his attitude in the locker room and really becoming like a leader there as a freshman and someone that they turned to. And now with the injuries in the backfield, it's gonna keep it's gonna be hard to keep Fagan off the field. So we're gonna see number three uh, a lot more than we have. I know. Hey, we're trying to keep the stud in the in the stable and uh, not really unleashing him, giving him a full go. Uh, yeah, we want to be patient with his talent, but. Uh, you're not going to keep him off the field for very much longer, even when these other guys uh, come back, I don't think. So uh, it was nice to see uh, that. Of course, you know, Luke Allmeyer, uh, hey, he made plays win and matter most, right? Yeah, t- 206 yards is not a lot, uh, 
uh, through the air, but he did come through late in the game, including on that uh, game-winning drive uh, there that set up the field goal. And Casey Washington, another big catch in a tough situation. He bailed us out. What was it, the Toledo game or the FAU game? Made an absolutely uh, big catch, and he did uh, this, even though that didn't quite get them into field goal range. Uh, another conversion, and uh, Altmaier used his legs to uh, get into a field goal range uh, there. And once uh, the Illini uh, got into a field goal range, it was 24-24, to 24, and the Danville native comes out for a 43-yard attempt. 24 all, three seconds left. Snap back, kick on the way, in the air. It is up, and it is yes! up! Yes! He's oh! the other end, waving to his teammates to follow him as they try to catch him. He dives headfirst into the end zone <laughs> at the other end, and the Illini celebrate. 27-24, the Illini win it here in Maryland. And right there, uh, Brian Barnhart and uh, company uh, right here on a 98.9 The Game. Now you heard it as uh, Caleb Griffin steps up and uh, nails the game winner. He was in my top three uh, from yesterday right in the face of the Kevin James meme. And uh, Griffin wins it for uh, the Illini. And he becomes the first Illinois kicker with two game-winning field goals in the last two minutes or overtime in a season since 1910. Otto Seiler was the last person to uh, do that for the Illini. So 1910, it's been quite a while. And Caleb Griffin steps up and makes another one there. So uh, the Illini do what they needed to do, and at least uh, they uh, pull off the upset, and no one really giving them a chance, almost two-touchdown underdog, and they go into Maryland, and they get the win after abysmal performances against Purdue and a pathetic performance against Nebraska. Also nice to see the special teams to play a lot better uh, this time around. And, uh, hey, the defense made plays when uh, they needed to. Also forced a big fumble as well that kind of sparked that comeback right before the half and that Fagan touchdown. Uh, and then the uh, third quarter touchdown by Isaiah Williams. Uh, Illinois did what they call double dip. There they scored right before the half, and then they got the ball first in the third quarter, and they cashed in there as well. And now Brabillema's six road wins in his first three seasons are the most by the Illini head coach since Lou Tepper won eight such contests from 1992 to 1994. So was it pretty? No. But this uh, season, at the beginning, at least here, has been pretty. We'll take it, and we will gladly build on that momentum. Fagan did exit the game uh, late with a shoulder, but he should be good to go. I think Bielema uh, mentioned in his uh, uh, press conference that he should be all right, so he should be a full go, Uh, so no issues there. And homecoming coming up uh, this uh, Saturday there in Memorial Stadium in Champaign, 2.30 kickoff for the uh, game against Wisconsin. And currently right now, the Badgers come in as 2.5 point favorites that's right only two and a half points look what we did with a 13 and a half uh spread what are we gonna do with a two and a half point spread we'll see i think it's interesting that the game right before that i was gonna mention it yesterday but i'm sure we'll explore this later on but iowa minnesota 
for entertainment purposes. The over-under is only at 32.5. <laughs> that seems awfully, awfully low. <laughs> oh, man. No wonder why some people don't watch college football. And that's one of the reasons probably why. Right there, 32.5. They're just an amazing line right there. Elsewhere in college football, uh, Georgia, they won against Vanderbilt. Not exactly impressive, but still won 37-20. Does, however, come at a cost. They lost their uh, tight end. Uh, it's outstanding there at Georgia. I think he's done for the rest of the season. So uh, beat the Vandals, but it uh, came as a cost. Michigan and blew out Indiana, of course, 52-7. to No problem with the Hoosiers. Uh, like I mentioned in my top three at Purdue, uh, students can make field goals, but the ones that actually suit up for the football team, uh, they can't as Ohio State came in and blew them there 41-7. to Buckeyes got the win. Uh, Florida State all over Syracuse 41-3. Speaking of a team all over, a team 63-0, Pitt State over uh, UMass. What a, what a game this was. Washington and Oregon, also part of my top three yesterday. Number seven Oregon be number eight or or number seven Washington be number eight Oregon, thirty six thirty three in a dramatic fashion storm in the field there, for the Huskies, Notre Dame, they continue to be inconsistent. They beat USC on Saturday forty eight to twenty as uh, it was close I think at one point but I always felt like Notre Dame was in control. Alabama only won by three over Arkansas, 24-21, but Alabama still picks up the dub. Uh, North Carolina got the win over Miami, 41-31. Uh, Pitt upset Louisville, their first loss of the season for the Cardinals. That was a 38-21 final. Oregon State over UCLA, 36-24. Utah beats uh, Cal, 34-14. Duke take care of business against NC State. A field goal in the first quarter, that was it. Blue, Blue Devils win 24-3 here. Tennessee over Texas A&M, 20-13. Washington State gets upset by Arizona, 44-6. LSU wins over Auburn, 48-18. Oklahoma State beat Kansas, 39-22, or 39-32. And Mizzou beats Kentucky, 38-21. What's the final score there? And elsewhere in the, the uh, Big Ten, uh, we had Rutgers pick up the win over Michigan State 27-24. And Iowa oh, went over Wisconsin 15-6. There was the mediocre final score. Weekend in college football, you got the big noon kickoff there. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State. That one should be a, a good one there. Ohio State only favored by four points. Uh, UCF against number six, Oklahoma. 22 Air Force against Navy. Washington State, number 9, Oregon, number 17, Tennessee, and number 11, Alabama, South Carolina. It's number 20, and Mizzou jumped back in the polls. Tulane, at number 23, hosting North Texas. That Minnesota-Iowa game that I mentioned. Number 8, Texas against Houston. Virginia, number 10, North Carolina. Number 13, Ole Miss against Auburn. A battle between Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan favored by 24 and a half here. This one's a good one. Uh, later in the night, even though uh, Seminoles are favored by 14, so two touchdowns for number four, Florida State, against number 16, Duke. 
Uh, number 19, LSU, hosted Army. Number 14, uh, Utah against number 18, USC. That one should be good, too. Chargers favored by a tutty. And uh, number 5, Washington, hosting Arizona State. And uh, number 25, UCLA against Stanford. There. Elsewhere in the uh, Big Ten, Rutgers against Indiana at 11 a.m. And a Northwestern is against Nebraska at 2.30 there. And, of course, the Illini homecoming game against Wisconsin. 2.30 kickoff, and you can hear it. 1.30 pregame right here on 98.9. All right, so I'm up against the clock, and I'll return and close it out with some Monday Night Football talk and the NFL coming up here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. This is Lucas Crenning with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. If you're just tuning in, this is Fan 23, Fansville's number one sports radio station. Brought to you by Tasty Dr. Pepper. We are settling the great debate, best third quarter snack, hot dogs or nachos? You know my mantra, Doug. Uh, yes. Meaty early, early, cheesy late. late. Well, it looks like we have a caller here to weigh in. Is this Chuck? Popcorn in the third is the move. What? You go with passive snacking after halftime. No, it's nachos. Look, as long as there's a nice cold Dr. Pepper there to wash it down, I'm good with either. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Football is back, and NFL Plus has you covered. Get NFL Plus, and you'll never miss a moment of live football action this season. With live local and primetime games on mobile, NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, live game audio, and more, all in one place. That's right. This season, get NFL Red Zone and NFL Plus Premium so you never miss a touchdown. That's every touchdown from every game, every Sunday at plus.nfl.com. Terms and conditions apply. And now... Already been postponed. Didn't think a hockey game was possible to get postponed, but I guess due to some uh, inclement weather uh, coming in, it is. How about that? Something's not right. You don't say. The starting lineup. If you're talking, Eric, by the way, I can't hear you. You lost the network connection. All right. On 98.9 The Game. If you're talking, Eric, by the way, I can't hear you. You lost the network connection. All right. Welcome back. Starting lineup here on 98.9, the game, ESPN Radio. Only here on 98.9, we just stay a smidge a bit longer. So we need to close this out. Talking about how about that stat by Justin Herbert with the most interceptions. The game on the line or going down towards the end in the fourth quarter since 2020. And Justin Herbert with another turnover there. Sealed the deal 
for the Chargers as the Cowboys winning here 20 to 17 at Dak Prescott. 272 yards and a tutty there, including that uh, nice one that he had to uh, Tony Pollard to uh, kind of set things in motion there for the game-winning field goal. And uh, Tony Pollard, uh, that got him that 60-yard completion, gave him 80 yards on the night for him receiving C.D. Lamb, uh, seven targets, seven catches, and also uh, Brandon Cooks was good as well, and uh, Dak was 11 for 11 when targeting CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks had that a touchdown uh, there. So uh, Cowboys pull it off there, and no, Herbert was hampered a little bit with his uh, thumb injury on his non-throwing hand, uh, but could we have gotten the ball a little bit more to Austin Eckler, please? I'm not just saying that for fantasy purposes, but... I mean, 27 yards rushing. I know the Dallas defense is good, but 27 yards rushing, and uh, they just seemed like something seemed off with them. Uh, I mean, Eckler, I mean, he took a punch to the face. Right? His helmet flew off in a little bit of a scuffle there. I got concerned when I got that ESPN notification, uh, but it was just a little uh, shoving battle that they had before the game, and I also want to say that, you know, Chargers, Chargers fans, I know Dallas well, is it that far away from L.A., but Rams always get dogged on for having basically a 49ers home game, but that was a, that was a pro-Dallas crowd uh, last night, too. It wasn't quite as bad as the 49ers when they come in to the uh, Rams stadium, or the same stadium there, SoFi, but... Uh, not quite as bad when San Fran comes to uh, town for L.A., but there were a lot of Cowboy fans there last night, and Charger fans, I don't feel like, get the same uh, heat that the Rams fans do. But, uh, hey, maybe that's just uh, me talking. But uh, Dallas 4-2 on of the season, and they improve uh, with the win. They needed a bounce-back performance, saying all that matters is that they got the win. That's all that matters. And so we uh, close the book on a week six of the NFL season. Week seven to be Atlanta Saints. That's right. The New Orleans there hosting the uh, game. And finally, for the first time, we don't have an international game. We don't have a Sunday game or don't have a London game, I should say. But plan your facing teams accordingly. A lot of teams on buys here. Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, Texans all on a buys there, so uh, full of buys, maybe having some scrambling to your fantasy team, bub. Uh, we'll explore those uh, matchups a little bit later on, including what a, a game on Sunday Night Football. Dolphins, Eagles, that one should be very entertaining there. And the next Monday Night game is a San Fran in Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And, of course, in the next couple of days, we'll be exploring the uh, playoff picture. Don't forget our uh, playoff show on uh, Saturday, so make sure you stay tuned for that, and we'll have playoff coverage for you coming up on for high school football. And we got MLB playoffs coming up later on tonight for Game 2, but coming up next here on ESPN Radio is uh, Carlin versus Joe. Enjoy, and I'll catch you in the pod. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. (laughs) 
Welcome into overtime. Welcome in uh, to uh, the uh, starting lineup podcast. And uh, Travis Sparks still flying solo here. Just got some uh, things to clean up from Sports Center, and then I'll get to the uh, conversations that I had with uh, Coach Jefferson. Uh, the 8-0 Arthur Lovington at Woodhaven and Knights talk about their win against Arcola. We have an in-depth conversation about that as well as go into the uh, matchup this upcoming week, the big one against uh, Sullivan, and also have uh, a couple other things uh, in there as well. A great conversation that I had with him uh, the other day, and then also have a great conversation with uh, Coach Wilson from the Villa Grove Blue Devils about their four-game win streak that they're on and their plans for Saturday as well. So make sure you stick around for those two gentlemen. But before we get to them, let's clean up some sports center stuff that Eric made up here. Uh, the Bulls, they're adding a former number three overall pick to their roster. The team signed a forward Derek Favors to a contract yesterday. A 32-year-old was a lottery pick during the 2010 NBA draft. He last played in the NBA two seasons ago. That seems like a great signing. He averaged 5.3 points per game and 4.7 rebounds in 39 games with the Thunder that year. Chicago also added a forward uh, Khalil uh, Whitley with a uh, camp contract yesterday. The Bulls host the Raptors in preseason action tonight. Speaking of preseason NBA action, the Pacers picked up their first win of the preseason after taking down the Hawks 116-112 in Indy. Tyrese Halliburton and Aaron Naismith led the team in scoring with 15 points apiece. Halliburton also dished out eight assists for Indiana, which is now one and two on the preseason. The Pacers will continue their exhibition schedule when they host the Cleveland Cavaliers Friday night in Indianapolis. Speaking of a guy that used to be in Indianapolis, uh, Bryce Young and the Panthers offense will have a new play caller when they return from their bye week. Carolina head coach Frank Wright is handing off play-calling duties over to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown after a disappointing 0-6 start to the year. Brown will become the third black offensive play-caller currently in the NFL, joining Eric Bieniemy of the Washington Commanders and Brian Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles. The 37-year-old is in his first year as an NFL offensive coordinator after a stint as the assistant head coach of the L.A. Rams over the past couple of seasons. The Panthers currently rank 22 in scoring with 18.7 points per game. Speaking of the Rams, they're planning on being out with their electric running back for Sunday's matchup against the Steelers. ESPN reports that Kareen Williams has a, a sprained ankle, which is expected to sideline him for the Week 7 matchup in L.A., Williams has suffered the injury during the team's 26-9 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. He rushed for a career-high 158 yards and a tutty in the win. The second-year running back has 456 rushing yards and 105 receiving yards in six games this year. The Notre Dame product was selected in the fifth round of the 2022 draft. The Raptors are seeking to dismiss the Knicks' recent lawsuit against the team. New York is alleging that Toronto conspired to steal thousands of confidential scouting files. According to ESPN, a, a sternly worded court filing called the allegations baseless, quote-unquote, and a, quote-unquote, public relations stunt by the Knicks. In August, the Knicks sued the Raptors and members of the uh, Toronto organization and a former Knicks employee whom, whom they alleged produced and, and then disclosed uh, preliminary information to the Raptors. 
Also in baseball, the first female general manager in the major leagues is out. Kim Ang declined her mutual option from the Marlins, although the team exercised its team option for her to return for the 2024 season. The team announced it will immediately begin its search for a new GM, with principal owner Bruce Sherman saying, we quote-unquote plan to continue to invest in the Marlins organization both on and off the field. ESPN reports that the Marlins wanted to hire a president of baseball ops over Aang, which led to her departure. Come on, the Marlins just made the playoffs and already can kick. Uh, basically, just uh, allowing Aang to uh, leave out the door after success. Hey, I wouldn't mind it if the Marlins let their manager walk after success as well, but that's just me. Um, and we talked about the Associated Press for College Basketball poll came out. Also, the Coaches poll was released as well. The first installment of the uh, Men's College Basketball Coaches poll is here. Kansas is number one overall team ranked in the country after receiving 23 first-place votes. Purdue just got five first-place votes, but that's good to rank them second. While Duke, Michigan State, the defending national champion, Yukon Huskies, Round out the top five, Houston, Marquette, Creighton, Redacted, and Tennessee are ranked 6 through 10. North Carolina, USC, St. Mary's, Alabama, and UCLA make up the bottom five in the poll. Illinois, Wisconsin, and Maryland were several schools who just missed out the top 25 ranking. So the Illinois Fighting Illini disrespected in the coaches poll. Number 25 in the Associated poll, but missing out. On the coach's poll, use that for motivation. Friday night, first exhibition game on a 98-9. Can't wait for basketball season to be here. And finally, the Mercury have narrowed down their head coaching search. ESPN reports Phoenix is finalizing a deal with Orlando Magic assistant coach Nate Tibbetts for its opening as head coach. Tibbetts will reportedly become the highest paid coach in WNBA history. A 46-year-old has been working on uh, Jamil Mosley's Orlando staff for the past two seasons. The Mercury fired their head coach back in June, and Nikki Blue served as interim coach for the rest of the season. So there you go, and that is your Sports Center today. All right, so it feels like I've been talking for about an hour here, which is 100% true. So you're tired of hearing me talk, even though you will hear me interject here and there. Let's get to the Area coaches that I had conversations with. Uh, coming up here, an excellent conversation with uh, Coach Jefferson from Arthur and following that, Coach Wilson from Villa Grove. So let's get to uh, those two right now. Travis Sparks joining us here on the starting lineup is uh, Coach Ryan Jefferson of the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights and the 8 0 Knights. So, how's it going for you today, Coach, here on the early part of the week? And uh, thanks for joining us here. And uh, you guys uh, got there to 8 0, and you're victorious in the inaugural Horseshoe a Trophy, a game between Arthur and Arcola. So I saw the pictures of the trophy, and uh, it's not a small, regular sized uh, horseshoe, but I'm sure it looks even better in person, and I'm sure it looks better in the Arthur, Arthur Trophy case as well. Sure. 
And you guys got it there by winning the game 32 to 10 and that rain conditions and the muddy field and everything. So uh, even though the final reads 32 to 10, the game was a lot closer than the final score would indicate uh, there just from a final perspective. guys just uh, found a way to win there and how much of that uh, low out output was because of the weather or was it just because like you were mentioning the the good game plan that Arcola had uh, drawn up for you And uh, your defense had to generate some offense uh, of their own there, and that's how you guys got on the board uh, first as it was a scoop and score for a touchdown. Uh, Maddox Sturrock got you guys on the board first there as you uh, led 8 to nothing, and that was uh, the score uh, after one quarter of play. So it was the defense uh, getting you on the board with those offensive struggles. Purple Riders end up beginning on the board there, rushing uh, for a touchdown in the second quarter, and uh, that was a one-point game at halftime. That was it. It was eight to seven uh, there at that point with uh, two offenses uh, not finding any more points after that. So it was only a one-point game at halftime. Mm -hmm. 
Right, and uh, the comeback started there on Friday. As you mentioned, Arcola taking the lead there, but they didn't take it for very long as uh, Landon Waldrop with the uh, ensuing kickoff returned back for a touchdown that made it 16-10. Uh, to 10. So uh, that was a huge momentum shift, and I think just from the way that I've been reading uh, how this game went, that kind of broke the spirit a little bit of Arcola after uh, you know taking the lead there but not having it for very long with that kickoff return by you guys. Right, yeah, and then with about uh, six minutes to go, he overcame some uh, penalties, and uh, Parsons ended up uh, scoring a touchdown there to make it 24 to 10. And then you added on uh, another touchdown uh, there as well as you kind of pulled away there. As you mentioned, you were like a second half team, and it showed up on uh, Friday by kind of pulling away there uh, after that uh, field goal by the Purple Riders. And then another player that's been uh, good to see, like we talked about with uh, Maddox with the return for a touchdown, but he also had 23 tackles in the game as well. And also he has 129 tackles for the season as well. So he's uh, making his mark there, the junior, uh, not only in the game on Friday, like he's been doing all season long, but 129 tackles for the year. And we're not even uh, done uh, yet. We got one more regular season to go and then the postseason uh, as well. So he's really making an impact on that side of the football. Sure. Yeah. Just a few more than uh, 10 there, and uh, now you guys are uh, pushed to 8-0, and oh, and uh, here we go. This is the, the game that I think everyone in the LPC has been uh, waiting for since about week four or five, and as the season has gone on, uh, kind of danced around of the subject and uh, kind of tiptoeing around the elephant in the room, but uh, finally it's here week nine, and it's uh, you guys 8-0, it's Sullivan. Uh, eight and no, and you guys are going to be hosting the game, and I'm sure it'll be a playoff type of atmosphere uh, here with a matchup of undefeated teams and with the LPC Conference Championship on the line as well. So it's a huge game coming up on Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Now, what's it going to take for, for you guys to, to come out on top? You know, I know that you've been impressive by the defense earlier uh, that we talked about in today, but I know that they have a dynamic offense uh, as well. So uh, what's it going to take for Arthur to come away with the win on Friday? Yeah. Sure. It should be a good game there, and hopefully it will be. But uh, what are the uh, Saturday plans for uh, the Knights for the playoff selection show? As uh, you know, I'm sure the mood will be uh, whatever dictates the Friday result. But uh, what are you guys uh, planning on doing for the reveal of the playoff uh, brackets as you're going to be a top seed no matter what and wherever you fall? Uh, so uh, what's, uh, what's going to go on there on Saturday? Yep. It's huge that you get a top seed as well there. Well, Coach, before we let you go here, also talking about uh, someone that plays on a Saturday, I wanted to mention because we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and uh, we knew that he was going to get into the end zone eventually. But uh, U of I, Caden Fagan, there he finally got his uh, first one on the board there, and it was uh, right before halftime for the Illini and their uh, win against Maryland. But uh, Fagan finally getting into the end zone, and also I think he had like 83 yards rushing on the day as well, kind of being one of the featured back due to some injuries uh, there. But uh, Fagan finally getting into the end zone, so that was uh, awesome to see. Yeah. 
sure. Uh-huh. Yep, and uh, absolutely awesome that he got back to you as well, not big leaguing you anything. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, uh, we'll look out for that uh, game on uh, Friday. It should be fun uh, between Arthur and Sullivan, and we'll see where Arthur falls in the uh, playoffs. But uh, right now we're going to let you go here, and uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Travis Sparks joining us here on the starting lineup is uh, Villa Grove head coach Heath Wilson, and the Blue Devils are now 5-3, four-game winning streak going on now and playing some pretty good ball down the stretch here. So how's it going for you today, Coach? And that's what you try to do here as uh, you got the win against Sacramento Valley on uh, Friday night, like you said there, with uh, some wet weather conditions. 40-21 to 21 was the uh, final score as uh, you picked up the win on, on Friday. First half, you got on the board of first there to take the 6 nothing lead after one quarter, and that was kind of towards the end of the first quarter. Gunnar Klein got in into the end zone for you there, so it's kind of slow going in the early going, at least in the first quarter and whatnot with, uh, with the weather conditions. Yeah. And the other key, I think, would be those uh, 21 uh, second quarter points that you scored to establish yourself 26 to nothing at the break. And then, like you mentioned, you built up that lead eventually to 33 to zero at one point. But that was that big second quarter there it was really what, what got you guys going. Right, yeah, and then uh, also uh, Sagamon Valley finally got on the board there in the third quarter, but it was at that point it was like 33 to seven, and then he gave up a couple more scores there in the fourth quarter, including a late one in the fourth quarter. But the game had already been decided uh, by that point, so uh, still let up some points there in the second half, particularly in the final quarter there. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you guys are uh, building, uh, trying to build on that momentum there, picking up a win number five as it's now playoff eligible now for you guys. And uh, this four-game winning streak that's been going on here for the Blue Devils, it was after that Cumberland loss that things stood at one and three, and that's when uh, things started to change there. So uh, what's started to click here? I know that we've talked about over the past few weeks about the offense finally getting going and finally clicking for you. Uh, but, you know, you were sitting at one and three at one point, and now you're now you're a five and three. So, uh, what what kind of click there after that uh, Cumberland loss? Sure. Sure. Absolutely it is, and you're trying to get that uh, sixth win to solidify those uh, playoff odds, and uh, you're up against uh, Tri-County here, and uh, they're currently winless on the season with uh, 0-8, so a tough season there for the Titans, but uh, that's who you got in front of you for week nine to get that sixth win. Sure. Hopefully they're up for the challenge. And then on a Saturday, the brackets will finally be revealed there, and you'll see how things shake out on a Friday night, not just with you guys, but everywhere else as well. So is there any big plans of getting the guys together to see where the pairings fall on Saturday? Sure. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of chaos for sure, and we'll see how it all is, shakes out. But what's uh, what's on the menu? What's the spread uh, gonna be on Saturday, or what is it usually be? <laughs> Sure, yeah, sounds amazing. So I'll uh, look forward to that on a Saturday. And Coach, we'll, we'll let you go here. And uh, good luck prepping for the Titans this week in that search for that sixth win. And we'll talk to you, talk to you next week. All right, appreciate those uh, gentlemen uh, for uh, joining the uh, program. And that's all I have here for you today. I have uh, talked enough, so I will get on out of here. We'll be wrapping up our uh, playoff coverage for the uh, high school football season. Uh, it's doing a little bit, diving deeper into that just yesterday. Got some intriguing scenarios out here, and uh, things could get uh, wild uh, this year. So uh, we'll explore that the next couple of days as well as we'll preview week nine matchups and of course our playoff show coming up on Saturday as well. But until then, hopefully Eric will be back with me uh, tomorrow. And until then, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for downloading. We're out of here. Peace.